We're going to start here at the top of Memun Aleph. Amar Rav, Tul Baruch, Tul Baruch, Eno Tzarich Levarich. So person, after he already made the bracha of a motzi, but before he broke the bread, before he took the bread to eat, and he says to the person next to him, Tul Baruch, Tul Baruch, take from this Pusat bracha, take from this piece of lechem that I made the bracha on. Eno Tzarich Levarich, he doesn't have to go back and make another bracha. Havei melech, havei liftan. Bring me the salt, bring me the condiments that are going to go with it, that which is accompanying the bread. Tzorach levarach. Then he doesn't have to repeat it. Because that's not considered, according to Rav, to be essential part of the bracha. And therefore it's a hefsik. Bring me the salt, or pass me the salt, pass me the condiments or the accompaniment to the bread. Einu tzorach levarach. There he doesn't have to make a bracha. Mix the food for the animals, or for the oxen, mix the food for the oxen, then he does have to make a bracha, because that's an interruption, it's some out of topic. Even for that, he doesn't have to make the bracha again. It's a sore for a person to eat before they feed their animals. Is the order of the pasuk and byayim shema? Benatati esev b'sadechad v'mtecha. Badar v'chalta v'savata. First, you must take care of your animals, and then only afterwards are you permitted to eat. So it's part of your prerequisites for eating is to feed your animals, and therefore it's not considered to be off-topic. So in all these cases, if one speaks after the bracha before they eat the bread, or after the bracha before they drink the wine, as long as it's considered to be topically relevant then it's not considered to be F-sick. If it's not topically relevant, then it is F-sick, and here they're arguing about what's considered to be topically relevant. And Tosafot keeps using a term, which is Hesachadat, which generally, in the post-scheme, we'd separate between what's called the Hefsek and Hesachadat. Hesachadat usually involves being over a longer period of time or forgetting something, losing track of where you are situated. Usually use Hesachadat with regards to things like after you've done Netilat and before you've made a motzi, that's what we're talking about, hesechadat. Because over there, the whole point is to keep your hands bitara. Whereas when you talk about brocha, and then eating something, there we usually talk about hefsik, because there, forget about hesechadat, there you can't have any interruption whatsoever between the brocha and the eating of the bread or the wine. And does what over here calls it hesechadat, and then he says, v'chein alocha, that's alocha, imsach ben birkat motzi l'achilo ben birkat kiddush l'shtiya, tzarich l'achzor l'varech. To go back and make another bracha, lav milto de shaykhu de suda. If it is something that's out of topic, something that's not relevant directly to the suda, and we try to avoid this altogether, we don't interrupt whatsoever between the bracha and the consuming of the wine or the bread. And then Tosfat says something interesting. Our bread is either so chashuv or so good, that we don't have it accompanied with salt or a condiment or something associated with it, which means, tells what it's saying, those are out of context now. They become out of topic, and they would, would be a hefseik. Then the Rabbi Menachem was very medactic to bring salt on the table. When they're sitting around and waiting for each other, until they wash their hands, below mitzvot. So everybody's washing their hands. Now they have to be silent and there's no mitzvah being done. A satan mikatregaleim. Satan is making claims against them, prosecuting them. Ubrit melach maginaleim. And what protects them is the covenant of the salt. So that's why the salt was important to have on the table. And that also relates. Brit melach relates to the mizbeach. 
And that relates to what many of the Balei Musar talk about, that the Shulchan is Domer the Mizbech, and then just like the Melech went on the Mizbech, so too the Melech should be on the Shulchan. And that would make the salt not an interruption because it is a significant in of itself, separate from the Chala. You can't begin the process of being Butzea until there's salt and whatever accompaniment or condiment that goes with it before each individual. So that way, you know, there's no hefsek. The idea of there being there already is that they don't have to search for it, you don't have to ask for it afterwards. So Rabbi Barshmol Iklo the Beirish Galuto, he went to the Exarchs. House, Fikulei Rifta, they brought him out bread, and he just went ahead and made the bracha right away. Did you reverse your opinion somehow? Because before you said you have to wait for everybody to have the salt and to have the leaf done. So Boshesh comes from the word by Moshe, Ki Boshesh Moshe. Moshe was delayed or when coming back. They shall think that Moshe didn't come back, he was somehow delayed or tarrying. And the same thing over here. This doesn't need waiting for. And that's this idea that this is such good bread then one does not have to wait for the melach or the liftan in this instance. And that's the basis for what Tosavot said before, that when our breads are of a certain caliber, that we don't have to wait, because you have this example by Rav Barshmuel, that that's the case. So now we're going to have a series of memorot from Rav Barshmuel. Shum Rabbi Chia, in the name of Rabbi Chia. Ein raglaim kalim person can't properly complete urinating unless they're sitting down, because they're always afraid of the last couple of drops coming out. Nitzotzot is a fear that the Gemara talks about all the time, that it'll splash on his legs, and then we'll have this problem that people think he's a Kruchivcha, and that the children are his children, this chashash that we've seen before in the Gemara. So same thing here, a person will never allow the final drops of the urine to come out if he's standing up because of this splashing issue. If he's sitting down in a position of comfort where he won't splash on him, then he'll complete urinating. Amar of Ganu b'farti choach afilu if he has soft earth in front of him, he has dirt that's there, then it's okay because urinating today won't splash back on him, so he's not worried about it. If a person doesn't have that opportunity available to them, they should stand at a high place, and then he should urinate onto a decline or incline into somewhere where he will not splash back on him. After everything that you've eaten, you should finish it off with salt. And after everything you've drunk, you should drink water. And you will never have any issues. You have a bright that supports that. Another bright. Someone who ate a whole meal and didn't have any salt. During the day, you should worry about having bad breath. And at night, you should worry about like croup, some sort of disease that chokes off the air passage. Makpeh means to float. Someone who floats his food in water, never comes to have a stomach ailment. This is Vikama. The ratio should be a pitcher of water for every loaf of bread. The idea being that if a person drinks a lot at the end of the meal, that's what it means to float your food in water, that that is healthy for the individual. Someone who eats lentils once every 30 days, prevents this askara, this croup, from coming into his household. 
because the, as Rashi says, the lentils are Michel Shell. They keep his system flowing. And the Askara, according to Rashi, is caused by some sort of clogging in the intestines that causes some backup into the air passage. I'm not sure exactly how they thought about this. But every day eating lentils is no good. My time is of the kosher the rech peh, because it leaves you with really bad breath. Someone eats mustard once every 30 days. Prevent sickness from his house. Every day it's not good. My time is of kosher the chusha the liba. Keeps causes weakness in the heart. It's problematic for the heart to have mustard every day, but once every 30 days is a good time. Someone who eats small fish. He won't have stomach ailments. They expand and multiply and they give strength and healthiness to his whole the whole body of an individual. Someone who normally eats Ketzach is black human, or possibly fennel. Enu bali dekave lev does not end up with any heartache. Meitve Rabbi Shulga Omer Ketzach echad mishishim smane amovet too. That Ketzach is one sixtieth of the potion or poisons of death. That's a good question. So the Gemara in general, whenever wants to tell you something, for instance, Shabbat is me'in olam so it uses one sixtieth. Shabbat is one sixtieth of lamaba. Chalom is one sixtieth of nivuah. Sleep is one sixtieth of death. So it's a, it's a term that the Gemara uses in many places to indicate something that is similar to or has effects of another item. So that's why I translated it as being one sixtieth. It could be that it's one sixty of one of the sixty possible poisons of death, potions of death. Hayashen the Mizrach Grano, person who sleeps on the eastern side of a Goren, meaning the pile of this Ketzach, which is again the black cumin or possibly the fennel. Damobiro Shou, he's taking his life into his own hands. Lokasha, so uh, what is this? One of them saying that it's efficacious, it's healthy, and the other one saying that it's poison. How do we work that out? Habarecho, habitamo, it depends. It's, the smell is problematic, the taste is excellent. Therefore, if one sleeps on the eastern side of his Goren, the westerlies will blow the smell in his direction, and that would be detrimental for him. And that's the same thing with the Ketzach Zechad Mishishim Tzmanei Amovet, that's referring to the smell. The one before that we said that the person who eats Ketzach then has protection from getting heartache, that was talking about when you're consuming it, not when you're smelling it. What do you have to do when you want to make something that is helpful but has some detrimental properties? You make it into a pill. So Imei the Rabbi Yirmiya, his mother... Afile Rifta, Midbekale, she baked him bread with the black cumin in it, or the fennel seeds in it. Umakalfale, and then when he was finished, she peeled them out, took them out afterwards. So it would impart the flavor, but the smell wouldn't be there. So that way, you'd get the benefits of the Ketzach, without having to smell the Ketzach, which would be detrimental to him. Yudomer, Borei Minei this is the last part of our Mishnah, that Yehuda believes that you have to have a more specific bracha. So I'm going to Rabbi is not like Rabbi Yehuda. That's why we don't make a bracha. What's the reason for Rabbi Yehuda's position? What does it mean? Each day. Well, that means that we don't give him a bracha at night, only during the day. 
each day should get its appropriate bracha. So that, that could mean the idea that, for instance, we have Yalavi Yavo, we have Ritzay, all those things that you add in on the day to be appropriate or to match the theme of the day or whatever day you found in. That's one possibility. Or telling lo main bir yom yom means that you have to give praise to a Kaddish Baruch Hu for everything that he gives you each day is a, is a new Baruch You have to be specific about how you praise a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So achanami, komin v'min, tein lo main bir the same thing should be true by species. What is true about each day is also true about each species. And you should therefore give a Baruch for each species. God is not like human beings. Midat basar v'dam klerikan mamachzik. You have an empty utensil, it can hold things. Malay eno machzik. It's full, it doesn't hold anything. Makarish brocho eno kain. It's just the opposite. Malay machzik. If it's full, it takes in more. Rekan eno machzik. If it's empty, it does not hold anything. Shinamar. Ayomer im shemoratishma. If you listen to what Hashem tells you, right, the Pasuk found in Bishalach, that Hashem promises you that nothing will go bad, you will not have any sicknesses. Kani Hashem rofecha. Suppose that section begins, If you listen, why is the double lashon shamoa tishma? Im shamoa tishma. If you listen, then you will continue to listen. Vimlav lo tishma. But if not, you will fail to listen. So listening begets more listening. im shamoa beyashan tishma bechadash. If you listen to what is old, you'll hear what's new. If you stop, then you won't hear anything. So that it builds. There's a compounding effect. If you learned today, then what you learn tomorrow will stick with you. If you skip learning today, then tomorrow's learning won't stay with you. Again, this idea of cumulative effect, the multiplicative effect of compounding. And that's what it says with regards to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Things that involve a Kodesh Baruch Hu, better to do more is better and not less. Alright, next Mishnah. Person on fruit makes the bracha because fruit are also a derivative of the land. But perot aretz, on the other hand, if he, on vegetables or the fruits of the land, he makes a bari priya because it's not a proper descriptor of those vegetables, those grains. being the generic baseline bracha, you say, say for anything because of that idea that it, at least everything is truly Who is the Tana that believes that a tree is still part of the land or derives from the land? Person owns property and then, or he's renting the property, and then the mayan, the spring dries up. The ilan gets cut down, and he has fruits here. That he has to bring up to Yerushalayim for bikurim. He brings it up to Yerushalayim, and he does not read the mikra bikurim because, as Tosfot says, person that brings up those types of fruits and says. Thank you for the land you gave me, is almost being sarcastic. Here is Mayan, his spring dried up, his trees cut down, he's saying thank you for the land. He's not really thanking Hashem, he's complaining about what Hashem did to his land. So therefore we don't bring up a Korea. It says you do bring it up, and it seems from here, the Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda. The Stamlan Kavatei, the Mishnah here is so tame, Kemar Rabbi Yehuda. And the basic idea being that Rabbi Yehuda says that the Perot are a derivative of the land. And therefore, even though the Mayan, the spring is no longer there, or the tree is no longer there, you can say thank you to a Kodesh Baruch Hu for the land, Hadama, based on the Perot. There's a direct connection between the Perot and the land. That's what we find in Parshat Ekev, 
which is that the bracha v'chaltav sevatav v'rachta Hashem elokecha comes after the birkot of the perot aretz, the eretz, the land that is blessed for its chita asura, the shivat aminim. But I mentioned before, perot aretz are connected to the land. That's the way the Torah lays out that connection. And Rabbi Huda is saying the same thing that you can directly correlate the perot to the aretz. And if that's the case on fruits, and you make a bari priyadama, you're not off base. It's not the wrong bracha. Right now we have a perot aretz. On the fruits of the land, you cannot make bor It's pshito, of course. Amar of Nachum Bayitzel on Itzuchad la Rabbi Yehuda. The shita Rabbi Yehuda, the marchita mina ilanhu. To tell it that chita wheat is a type of tree. The tani lancha chami menu adamarishon. What was the tree? The eitzadato vira that adamarishon ate from. Bimer bimer gifin haya. Of course, it was a grapevine. Shein lechadavar shemivi yalalala dam eliyayin. There's nothing that causes woe. And distress to a person like wine, Shinemar, Vayesh Minayain Vaishkar. Remember Noach, after he comes out of the Teva, he plants the vineyard, he drinks from the wine and gets drunk, and nothing good comes out of that. It was a fig tree. How do you know it was a fig tree? The thing that they caused the sin is what also caused the rectification afterwards, Shinemar, Vitru Alei Teina. They took fig leaves in order to cover themselves. So the only tree that were offered up to help or protection was the one that caused the problem. So it must have been that it was a teina that he ate from. And the last shita is, that it was wheat. Child doesn't reach that age of maturity, capacity to call his mother and his father until he tastes things that are made from the grains. And it was the eights, hadat tovira. So that's it's a dat. Chita is that threshold when a child starts to have dat. So sachadat chamina hov amar Rabbi Yehuda chita mini lanhi. I would have thought because Rabbi Yehuda calls chita a type of tree, the varech alei borei priyates. He should make a borei priyates on it. Mashvalon. This is the qualification for a tree. Heche dimavarchinen borei priyates. Heche dishakal le lepere ita le gavza. The other mefik that after you pick the fruit off. The branch is still there, and it produces more fruit. But on the other hand, when you pick the fruit, the branch is gone, The other may be, and then it grows back in order to have it extend, or there is no fruit that comes out afterwards. That does not get bari priyates, but does get bari priyadama. And obviously, once it's cut down, does not... Regenerate in any way. This main stalk doesn't have to plant again in order to get the new chita. So therefore, the bracha is even according to Rabbi Yehuda. Even though he calls it an ilan, for definition of bracha, that's not the case. The support over here speaks about tutim, prizish, bontonsh, all these types of what are called berries and fruits, trying to discuss whether they have a din of a tree or a din of some sort of plant or vine, and therefore they would only get a bari priyadama. So we have that issue with some of the berries, for instance, with raspberries. The question about what bracha to make on raspberries, which would be a bore pri adama or a bore pri ha eights. The question really revolves around the botany of the raspberry bush. It's called, it is a raspberry bush. What ends up happening is the main branch remains there every year. The branches of the bush stay there, but they produce a new little shoot that comes off on which the raspberries are grown. So the question here is, what's defined as the gabza? What's defined as the branch? Is it the main branch that's there? That's there remains from year to year, which make it a bori priyates. On the other hand, the shoots that come out each year on which the raspberries grow, they're new each year, which would force it to be a bori priyadama. For items like that, that's the 
safek with regards to the bracha on items like raspberries. What is defined as the gavza in those cases? And it seems Tosfot is dealing with some of those things about berries and about these types of items that are borderline. They're on bushes or they're on things that have similar properties to trees but are not necessarily trees. That's so why we have brachas on, you know, whether it's pineapples and on bananas, on these items that you would call them trees, but because of the nature of how they grow, we call them make a brecha bracha or beri So it's not what we conceive to be a tree. It has to do with this idea of the gavzo, this main branch on which the fruit grows, whether that has to regrow each year or it's something that remains there on a permanent basis. Shakol works for everything except for bread and wine. Even bread and wine. Says, wow, how wonderful this bread is. Blessed be. How wonderful is this fig? You change the bracha, it doesn't work. So name Rav Huna says that it doesn't work by bread and wine. Holds like Rabbi Yossi, that you have to get the right bracha. Otherwise it doesn't work. As long as you get the right theme, if you get the right idea, then it's okay. Tosfo points out that it's not so simple that Rav Huna still can't hold like Rabbi Yossi. Because Rav Huna says it's only for Pat and Yayin that it doesn't work. For every other bracha, he says Shehakol would work. So really, he can't totally fit into Rabbi Yossi, but at least he can have some semblance of what Rabbi Yossi is saying. So Gemara says, no. I can fit into Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Yossi. Over there he's mentioning bread at least. He doesn't mention pot, then that bracha is not going to work. Pot is so significant that you have to mention it. Shakol is not going to carry the day. I can even hold it like Rabbi Yossi. You didn't use the formula that the Rabban set out. That is one of the brachot that the Chachamim instituted. So even though it's not the right bracha, but it's still an institution of the Chachamim, that would be sufficient, that would work. The shepherd broke bread. Blessed be the master of this bread. That's a good bracha. If you don't mention Hashem Hashem, that's not called a bracha. He says, Damar brich rachmano da'apita. He mentions a Kaddish bracha. Brach rachmano, right, the merciful one, referring to a Kaddish bracha. Marei, the master of this bread. Vabina shlosh brachot. So obviously we're talking about benching here. So I, don't you need three brachot? Mayatza de kamar rav, nami yatza yidei bracha rishona. It works for the bracha rishona, meaning it works for the first bracha in benching. Azan, that's what Rashi says. I think you could explain it. There it's also Yatzidei Bracha Rishona means the Bracha beforehand, before the bread. In that it could be literally Bracha Rishona, not the first Bracha of benching, but rather the first Bracha, Bracha Rishona being before the bread, that might be what it says. Umar says, My Kamashvalon. What's the, what's he teaching us? Even though he says it not in Lashona Kodesh, he doesn't say it in Hebrew, that it works. Umar says, Tanino. That's why we have an explicit Mishnah. That's what you can say in any language. Parshat Sota, the Kohen who's telling, making the woman swear that she was not problematic. Vidui Maser, this was last week's Parsha. Kriyachma, Tfila, Ubirkada Mazon, all these items you can say, not with Lashona Kodesh. Itzrich, 
You need it. That works, you can say it in any language, in the colloquial, as long as you follow the setup that the Chameh made. If you translate benching, then you can say it. But now, not only did he not translate benching, but he made up his own formulation. If he does not use a translation, say that it doesn't work. That it does work in this instance. Kufa, Amarav. Kobracha, Sheimba, has Karata, Sheim, no bracha. That's what we just mentioned in Rav's opinion. If you don't have Sheim, Hashem in the bracha, it's not a bracha. Yochan Amar, Kobracha, Sheimba, Machut, ain't a bracha. Not only do you need Sheim, Hashem, you also have to mention Machut, Melech Ha'olam. Tosfo points out, it's not enough to say Melech, you have to say Melech Ha'olam. So, Amarabai, Kavati, the Rav, Nistavra. Rav makes more sense. The time you have a Brayta, the Ravarti, Mimitzvotecha, Velo Shachachti. Again, from the Vidui Meiser, that was in last week's Parsha. Lo Ravarti, Melabrachacha. I was not problematic or forgetful in making, giving you a Bracha. I mean, that's Baruch Ata. Velo Shachachti, Melaskirshim Chalav. And I didn't forget to mention your name. Velo Malchut, Loktani. There is no Malchut mentioned here. Yochanan, Tnei, Velo Shachachti, Melaskirshim Chalav, Malchut Chalav. So Rabbi Yochanan says, just to mend the bright to say that I didn't forget to say the Shem Hashem plus the Malchut. Who do we Paskin like? So some people say that the bright supports Rav, we should Paskin like Rav. But, Tosu quotes the Rif, who says that we Paskin like Rabbi Yochanan. Chayim Pasukari. That without Melech HaOlam, it's not called a Brocha. Now Tosu is in a bind, because there are a whole bunch of Brocha that we make that don't have Malchut Shemaim in them. Including one of the most major, which is Shmon Esrei. Shmon Esrei doesn't start, have any Brocha to Hashem, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. There is no Melech in Shmon Esrei. So what are you going to do with Shmon Esrei? And we also have that by Brocham and Sheva on Friday night. The one that we say after, the Chazor Shatz, that's after Shmon Esrei on Friday night. No Melech So here you have all these Brochot that don't have Melech anywhere in them. Ask like Rabbi Yochanan, where's the Melech So Tosbud now has to come up with an explanation, and this is what he says. First of all, he says you have to say Melech and then... First thing he says is it has to be an opening bracha or a closing bracha to require melech haolam. If you have a bracha smucha lechaverta, bracha that are juxtaposed, you don't require that. So we start out, baruch atah Hashem, lo kinam melech yotzer or uvarei choshech. But afterwards, when we complete that bracha, we say yotzer amerot, habucher b'meisel ba'ava. Then we don't have melech because we open the bracha with melech That's enough. Aval, elukei Avraham havi kamo machot. Elokei Avraham is equivalent to saying Kenu Melech Olam. Why? Avraham Avinu Himlicha Kadosh Bracha Lekol Olam. He is the one who coronated, crowned God as the God of the world. So it's the equivalent of saying Melech Olam. Umein Sheva Dematzli B'Shabbat Hovi Eshba Kela Kadosh Ein Kamohu Hainu Kamo Machut. Just like, and the example he frames is we saw Shema Yisrael Hashem Lokeinu Hashem Echad is the equivalent to Malchut. How do we know that? Davening on Rosh Hashanah. There are only three times in the Torah Melech is used. Quran is a fourth one for the completion of Malchiot to be the tenth. And then we say Torah Tchak Ketuv Leimar Shema Yisrael Hashem Lokeinu Hashem Echad based on the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. So you see that Shema Yisrael Hashem Lokeinu Hashem Echad is equivalent to Malchut, and therefore Kela Kadosh is the same as saying Malchut when you. Say that Hashem is the great God or pronouncements of God's singularity in the world, that is also like Machut. So you see Tosfot is trying to come up. If we pass it like Rabbi Yochanan, we have to solve problems with some major issues, and when we don't say Melech Ha'udam. The next Mishnah, Things that don't go from the ground, get a Shakol. Alachomets on vinegar, Valanovlot, Mar will describe later on what those are. Vial Govai, locusts, grasshoppers, Omer Shakol Niyabid Varo. 
Things that are negative, you don't make a bracha. Chometz is vinegar, it's clearly something, wine that went bad. Then you have govai, locusts, grasshoppers, which is like a plague. Those are also not good. And we'll see no float also. He has many choices in front of him of species, of types in front of him. He has one of the shivat amimnim that gets precedence. Makes a bracha on whichever one he wants. Ula will make a statement at the beginning of tomorrow's daf that will define for us what this means. And then we'll have machlokot rishonim, how we paskin, and we'll deal with that uh, tomorrow. Tan Rabbanan, al-dvar she'en gidulo min ha'aretz, kigon, basar be'imot, chayot, vofot, meats, dagim, fish, omer she'akol niye b'divro, ala chalav, milk, peitzim, eggs, gvina, cheese, omer she'akol, all of these are credit broch of she'akol. Ala pat she'ipsha, bread that went moldy or went bad, vala yayin she'ikrim, wine that coagulated or went bad also, vala tavshil she'var tzurato, a dish that's gone bad. Omer shakol. Make a bracha shakol. Amelach valazamit. On salt or salt water or brine. Valkameimu pitriot. On mushrooms and fungus. Omer shakol. Mamrat kameimu pitriot. Love dule karkuhunu. That means that mushrooms and fungus do not grow from the ground. Atanya. Anodermi peirot aritz asur be peirot aritz. Someone who says I'm not going to eat the fruit of the land is asur in the fruit of the land. Umutarbi kameimu pitriot. Can still eat fungus and mushrooms. Vimar kol dule karkuhunu. Alai. Anything that grows from the ground, asur afikmeim pitriot. If he says that I'm taking a nether to get benefit from anything that grows from the ground, you can't have mushrooms and fungus. Sounds like they grow from the ground. They grow from the ground, but they're not nourished from the ground. Rashi claims that they grow in moist places on the ground. So they derive their moisture from the ground, but they are unique. The nourishment comes from the air around them. Vaha al-davar shein gudulo minaretz. Mishnah says it. Gudulo minaretz. It grows from the ground. Tznei al-davar shein yonik minaretz. Change the language that he uses. Something that does not nourish from the ground. And that's why kameim and pitriot are included in that category in our Mishnah that says, davar shein gudulo minaretz, because it's really davar shein yonik minaretz. That's what you make a shahakol and kameim and pitriot. Mushrooms and fungi qualify for that. So they are included in this case. Well, no vlot. What are these no vlot? My no vlot. They are dried out dates. Dates that were blown off the tree. The wind came and they blew them off the tree, probably when they were still unripe. It's not. Anything that's a klala, we don't get a bracha. Dried out dates. That's a curse. The dates that fell off in the wind, my min klala. What do you mean it's a klala? It's not a klala. It's a natural thing that happens with dates. The wind comes and blows them off the tree. Ashara. That's on the remainder. On the other two, on the chometz and on the govai. The one who says that these are tried out dates, I know the That's why you make a shakol on it. They are dates that were blown off the tree. Shakol. You should have everybody vlot. Stamo. Everybody agrees if you just call them novlot. Everybody agrees that those are dried out dates. You say there are no vlot with a modifier, a qualifier, which is no vlot of the tamar. Certain things where the Chachamim did not institute demai. Demai is where mafrish Shumot Masrot from produce bought from an Amaaret. We suspect that he did not take off Shumot Masrot. There are certain items where they didn't worry about it because they're so cheap or plentiful or easily found that there's no reason the Amaretz wouldn't take off Shumot Masrot. It doesn't cost them anything because of that. So what are those items? Ashitin, Barimin, Vozradin, 
So what are these items? Shitim min te'enim. Shitim are a type of wild fig. Rimin are kande, which is a fruit of the thorn bush or lot. Hozradin are tulshe, which is a crab apple. Benot shuach amar rabbi bachan rabbi yochanan te'enei chivarta are white figs. Benot shikma amar rabbi bachan amar rabbi yochanan dovle. Those are the fruits of the sycamore. Gufnin these. Grapes are shilhe gufne. These are the late-growing grapes. Nitzpeh, we already had before, which is pircha, is the caper bush. Navlot tamra. And here's navlot tamra. Rabbi Ilav, Rabbi Zerah. Chadamar bush lekamar. One of them says they're dried out date. Chadamar tamre dezika. And the other one says that these are fruit that were blown off the tree. Bishwal namandar bush lekamra. According to one who says that the bush lekamra, I know diktani akalin shibidamai. That's why they're called kalin shibidamai. Speikanu the patur. If they're safek, they're patur. Havadaan. If they were vadai, chayav. Alamanda amar tamri dezike that they have blown up the tree. Vadan chayav. Why are you chayav? Hefkerin inu. They're hefker because they blew up the tree. They're on the ground. They smafker them. Hefker is patur. Mitrumoto masrot. So achamai skin and shasan gorin. Even though they blew up the tree, if you bring them together and make them into a pile and you gather them together to make it into a gorin, you have to give chumoto masrot. As Rashi says, mitir abanan because it's man dechazi. People see that silver shutuat karkohi. They think that was the produce of your land. They don't know that you picked a whole bunch of hefker dates. Looks like you grew these, and now you have to take off Shumat to Masrot. Dam Rabbi Yitzchak, Dam Rabbi Yochan, Mishnah Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov, Aleket v'Shichah Be'ash Asan Goren Hukpulu Maser. Even though Aleket Shechem Pia, which are Matnot Anin, are potor from Shumat to Masrot. If you make them into a pile and you make it look like that was the produce of your land, you have to take off Chumoto Masrot. It makes sense according to one who says Dam Rizika. I know how the Hachokari lay Novlot Stama. And over here they call it a plain novel, and over there they call it of the tamra. You give different names. By the Mishnah it's novlot, which means the ones that were dried out. And over here it calls it novlot the tamra, which is referring to the ones that blew off the tree. bush If he says bush which is the dried dates in both cases, then the same word should be used in the Mishnah as it's used in the case by demai. So why are you changing the word? Mar says kasha. That is a difficult question for the one who describes them as the same in both places, as being bush lekamra in both cases, and therefore it makes more sense to say one is bush lekamra as the dried out dates are mishnah to say the, this case by demai is speaking about a case of zike de tamra, those that were blown off the tree. Okay, we'll stop over here.